0: I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. Alright, joining me today, I have Sof- Sofia Torres. She is a Powake graduate. She was a cross-country state champ here in New Mexico. She ran at UNM. Currently doing some longer stuff with the Ultras. Uh, won uh, the Mount Taylor 50K on the women's side. Uh, also recent winner of the Towski Valley Up and Over. And uh, an artist with some really cool artwork if you haven't checked out our page. So thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So my first question is, how did you get into running?
1: Uh running started from a pretty young age. Um uh, my dad, his name is Sanovia Torres, was a is still a fairly uh well known runner in the ultra scene and his primary accomplishments were in and around uh Pikes Peak. So he holds quite a few records there. Um and I think that was like his main race. But he was the one who introduced me and my brother to the sport. And I remember he and my brother used to go on these runs early in the morning. And my brother, he had to been about, about 10 at the time. I was five. And my dad um, would go with him. And I remember one morning I begged and begged and begged. I, like, I really, really, really want to go with you. And he's like, okay, fine. So we do this um, one-mile run that goes straight up the mountain because we live in the boonies of Cordova, New Mexico. And he takes me up this mountain and I make it to the cattle guard that's up at the top. And I'm just like dying. I'm crying. so <laughs> tears coming down my face. And he stops me underneath a, a juniper tree and I'm just sitting there in my tears. And he just said, well, you're the one who wanted to come. and <laughs> <laughs> So we, we make our way back down the mountain and I didn't run again until... I was about 7 or 8, did a 5K. Um, But it was... My introduction to running was through tears. (laughs) (laughs) Got
0: started with that. (laughs) I've, I've never really run, like, a full, you know, ultra marathon. I was part of a relay team once. But it seems like tears go along with ultra running. So it seems like a good introduction to that.
1: Yeah, I mean... You realize that the sport that you're into isn't exactly the easiest thing. Um, It comes with the territory, but I think that's a really neat allegory on life as well. You're going to go through hardships, but if you just keep going, you're going to find yourself in a better place.
0: Yeah. Um, That's a great way to look at it. Did you, when you started back up, you know, a little bit later, you know, seven and stuff, did did you feel... Did you feel like a little bit more comfortable with it? Was it just a little bit easier, or uh, still?
1: No. no, not at all. I um, I did. They my my parents would just like sign me and my brother up for these things, and I remember not much training was involved. It was just like, all right, you're running a five k today, and we're gonna do the butterfly run in Puwaka, and you're just gonna go for it. And like I do it, and I cry, and it's horrible. <laughs> And a little bit later after that, um, they started signing us up for like the kid races and I did the butterfly run there that was just a mile and they gave like bike prizes and stuff like that. But it was still, I was never really in love with the sport when I was, when I was younger. I mean, it was exercise. It was not exactly fun. I mean, I would prefer just running around the backside of my grandma's house, not doing races and trying to win things but I, I mean my dad saw something in me and he kind of tried to push that and I think that's mainly the reason why we got signed up not of our own free will by any means
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I know exactly what that feels like <laughs> my dad was a runner as well and yeah just I mean we were traveling all over the state for whatever 5 10k half marathon whatever he was signed up for and if there was a kids race I was doing it
1: <laughs> yeah and that's kind of what our family has always been surrounded by is just races and running and vacations are kind of revolved around races and stuff like that so it's just been part of our life since the very beginning I mean, I think being who my my dad was at the time, he put a lot of like high expectation on my brother and I to succeed and do well in it, just because of who he was and like his type of work, work ethic that he had and how he treated his running, and it was it was very intense. But you know, I think it it taught me a lot of things, and I I kind of grappled with my relationship with running for a long time, but I think um when my dad finally let go and said okay you you do what you're gonna do I I fell in love with it in my own way um that kind of brought me to where I am now I
0: just I I, I'm laughing because I I just I hear a lot of my own story in there
1: (laughs) yeah I mean you've, you've found your way back to it as well
0: yeah exactly it's um you know the the pressure you talk about. You know yeah. it 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 can be overwhelming, um, and really like you talked about, almost to kind of push you out away from the sport.
1: Um, yeah.
0: And until you find that that comfort that that it brings to you.
1: And I think for my parents, they always instilled this thing in me: like whatever you start, you you finish it and they never really let me quit or take the easy way out and during that time when I was younger I thought well this is sucks this is awful I don't want to do this and why can't I just be a normal kid I don't want to wake up early and go to this meet early in the morning and like everybody's passed out on the bus I'm Like I could just be at home I could just be studying and I could get like my good grades but no I'm on the bus at 5.30 in the morning, making our way to Alamosa or whatever right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I coach here in, in Albuquerque and it's, um it's hard. Cause I mean, basically all of our races are, are within Albuquerque or Rio Rancho, you know, we rarely mm-hmm. go outside of that. And so it's hard to like explain to those kids, like what it means to actually like, like, Oh, we, the meet starts so early. We have to get up. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, try having that start same start time but you're two hours away and have to drive <laughs> down there. You know, you're yeah. getting up at like four to get on the bus to drive out there and, and sleep on the bus bobbing yeah. your head against the window. That <laughs> I mean, was
1: the way our, our coach in high school was. I mean, he got invites in the places that were farther away, so Alamosa was probably one of the, the furthest ones that we had to go to, but he would just tell us to shut up, go to sleep on the bus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, well, you were, and you ran for Coach uh, Lockridge in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He is. Uh, he's been around for a while. He is a legend for sure.
1: Oh, definitely. He's he was a lot of fun. Uh, I can remember getting yelled at a few times. Me and my friend Amy, really ball. Uh, just messing around before practice and he'd get mad and then he'd throw rocks at us and tell us to go run a mile or so <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. that's that's funny I think you know I think a lot of cross-country coaches especially you know are, are people who were in the sport themselves when they were younger and distance running lends itself to uh very laid back people, so
1: <laughs> for the most part, he's gotten. I mean, at least for my coach, I I think I'm fairly laid back, but my coach is. I don't know. He was he was just slightly high strung in the beginning, but I I think he softened up quite a bit. That's yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now that I'm I'm graduated, and I mean, he treats every all the kids that he coached like his own kids, and he's just a total sweetheart, but when you're in the thick of it, it's a bit different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure, I mean, I I know, I'm sure that he wanted, you know, you guys to perform well. And it's funny even just because my daughter runs for me now and she'll tell me things like the kids never know when you're joking and they're scared of you. I'm like, really? (laughs) So I think some of that's just the, uh, that coach you know you're you're the person
1: (laughs) just comes with the territory I guess
0: yeah (laughs) so you know you talked a little bit about having you know that pressure from your parents getting getting into it when um when did it feel like running was your thing and not something you were doing for them
1: um that didn't happen until after college. Um, I didn't do my full four years that I could have done at UNM. It just got to be a little bit too much. I ended up injured quite a few times. And then from that point, it's kind of, it was just hard. It was, it was hard to constantly be injured and trying to prove yourself in a place. And I just didn't. I didn't want to do it anymore like I had a a few races here and there that I did really well and my coaches were really proud of me but I don't know it just it wasn't right for me and I mean I've met lifelong friends from there and I truly appreciate them and I still run with them to this day but it wasn't until after I left UNM and started doing more trail runs and stuff like that um that I kind of found my place and realized that I'm not a bad runner. I'm I'm not mediocre like I like I was made to feel, you know. <laughs> um, and it was it was good. It's it's kind of freeing to have that and to be able to just run with your friends in the morning because you want to do it, not because somebody tells you that you have to be there, and it's of your own accord.
0: Right. So. you you talked to me beforehand that you had walked on to UNM Mm -hmm. and so was that something you, you talked about, you know, it was that just part of that pressure, like something you felt you had to do and continue? Yeah.
1: Um, well, I, I knew that I was, well, prior to me, um, going to run at UNM, I had an opportunity to go, uh, to Washington to run for a coach there. Um, it was a very brief like thing. And I think that one probably would have led to a little bit more opportunity, but I ended up not taking it. And, and my, my mom told me, Oh, you're going to miss us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so UNM, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so ended up going to UNM and, I, I didn't do cross country my first year. Um, I ended up talking to coach Jimmy Butler, who was the head of the mid distance program for track. And I got put with that group. So my whole first semester of college was training with the track athletes. And I remember uh, we had indoor practice and we were doing four hundred repeats on the indoor track and coach Jimmy looked at me he was like, You're a distance runner, aren't you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> kinda <laughs> um, And then from there he got me into contact with Joe Franklin and that's where I learned the process of having to walk on. And it was it was a yearly process. It wasn't like once you were in, you were in. It was you get in one year and then you try again next year and you get in again. And then you have to try again next year to get in again. Wow. and you were never really a for sure thing it was every year uh, unless you were somebody that was recruited and that was a different story but...
0: wow I did not uh, realize that
1: mm-hmm. it was it was one of those things where I was like oh I gotta go do this again and <laughs> it was it was a time trial and they wanted to make sure that you could run two miles under 12 minutes kind of deal every year right and sometimes you had a really good summer and sometimes you didn't have a great summer but it's just one of those things there's
0: a lot of pressure and yeah i can see how that like obviously if you're fit you know you'll be right around there or, you know should be under that but yeah. if, if you know you're feeling a lot of pressure school's going hard or taking yeah. some summer classes like i can i can see how that could easily kind of um make things difficult at times
1: yeah it... And for college, it kind of just always felt like you had to be at your peak performance at all times, and anything less just wasn't acceptable. Um, so when injuries get involved, I think that kind of muddies things up a bit.
0: Right.
1: And at that point, I mean, I I want to be in this for the long haul. I want to make sure that when I'm 80, I can still shuffle up a mountain if I possibly can. You know, I want to make sure that I can continue doing this. So if I Continue doing stuff like that to my body where I'm injured all the time. I'm not going to make it.
0: Right. And then you're not going to enjoy it, really. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's awesome. Like, it's, it's, I, I, I love hearing you talk about this, like that, like, that, you know, from the beginning of like having this pressure and, and running through tears and just getting signed yeah. up and, and the pressure through college and stuff, like that you have found this this spot now where you are you know you're talking about being 80 and, and being out there and, and being able to get up a mountain like yeah. I, I can definitely tell that you found your your love for it, which is great
1: <laughs> oh definitely um I mean my dad is 67 now and I mean he found it you know he found his place in it and I mean watching him as I was growing up and I remember going to Colorado on a yearly basis. And like that was our big vacation and being, I think it was like three or four at the time. And I was one of those runner kids where I would like take off. So I had a leash on I was a leash kid. <laughs> um, but hanging out with my mom and watching my dad take off early in the morning and hanging out in Manitou Springs and watching him come in and take off his hat. And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty cool. And knowing later on in, in my years that um, I he's, he's my hero, you know, I mean, as, as complicated as things might have gotten as far as like the pressure went and like him wanting me to succeed and like pushing me to succeed. Um, I mean, we've already figured all that stuff out and things are a lot different. And I mean, I, I do want to be like him when I'm older. I want to be 67 and crushing age group records, you know. If I can,
0: yeah. <laughs> I think those are great goals, and it's just fun to have that idea of, of you know, this can be part of your life for so long if I you guess. if you listen to your body and take care of yourself. Mm. And so, you know, when you when you took that break from UNM, and M, did you take some time off of running?
1: Not exactly. Um, I remember. The day that I quit was—I had to have been my junior year of college, and it was we were heading into our next indoor season, and I was standing there while they were like asking us like questions and like talking about what the indoor season was going to involve, and I was sitting there nervous, and I was like, I don't want this. I really, I really don't want this, Um, and. I kind of walked up to my coach, said, I don't want to do this anymore. And she said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I was going through these bouts of anemia. And that's that's one of those things that they don't really tell you about, is that there's going to be a point in time where you you can't run because you just, it's not that you're hurt. You're just like your body physically can't push beyond the point because your blood isn't producing enough oxygen for you to go. And I semi took some breaks. Um, It was very, very brief. I think I just took some time for myself, got my iron back up. And I remember uh, it had to have been maybe a month or two after leaving. Um, I think I was doing like jogs here and there. And then I was running with my friend, Nancy, she ran for UNM as well, and she left the, the team before I did. But we were running together for a while, and we ended up running through the whole summer. And her sister, Alba, she also ran for UNM briefly, but she ended up going the soccer route. She came up to Nancy and I and was telling us that, okay, we need to do a time trial to make the soccer team, and we want you to train us so that we can do this time trial. So are like, okay, yeah, sure, we'll we'll do a mile with you. And I remember thinking about like my best times in high school and how in college I was never able to get past those times really when I was in college because I was always up and down on this roller coaster of either I had an injury or I was anemic or something like that. I hadn't felt good in so long and we did this time trial and i remember looking at my watch when we finished our first mile and i was like holy crap <laughs> and it was like so this is what it feels like to want to do something for fun and to be able to do it naturally and to hit a time without even thinking that you were doing anything spectacular I'm like, okay cool you see your watch and it's like oh 524 sweet i haven't done that in years <laughs> but and we did a couple of repeats with them and that was that was fun, just running around with a bunch of soccer players and.
0: <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what were you doing to to train? Were you kind of taking things that you had done back in high school, or were you kind of mis- mixing it with some of the stuff you'd done in in college? Kind of
1: or? Just mixing things up here and there, um, you know, making sure that you have a strong base and five, six miles here and there, and every once in a while you do seven or eights and stuff like that. Um my friend Nancy, I call her the brains of our operation. She's the one who comes up with the ideas of what we're gonna do and it's always fun. Cause she'll tell me, she'll text me and Sophie, but, um I wanna do a marathon. Okay, cool. <laughs> Will you help me? Yeah, sure, I'll help you. And we end up doing this thing where she'll text me and be like, Okay, I'm going to Disneyland for the weekend and I don't want to run while I'm at Disneyland. So we're going to do all of our long runs back to back to back. We're going to <laughs> go Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm leaving Saturday, okay? Like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, she throws stuff like that out there, or uh, she'll do the Cherry Garcia run every year and she says, it's going to be hot, so I need to train in the heat. Like, so meet me at the cultural center, the Hispanic cultural center. We're going to meet at 5, and it's like 103 degrees <laughs> off. <laughs> so she's, she's a lot of fun. She keeps things interesting. <laughs> but she's the one who comes up with our training plans. Does
0: you know, so the- <laughs>
1: and stuff like that.
0: That that sounds uh sounds fun and a little brutal, but keeps you on your toes, I guess.
1: <laughs> she does.
0: She's she's great. <laughs> <laughs> so does she? Does she come up with your plan? Does she do the these ultra ra- races too?
1: She doesn't do the ultras. I kind of do my own thing, in like with her kind of deal. I'll I'll change things up for myself. I'll extend my runs a little bit longer, or. Um, do maybe some extra things here and there where I'll double up on my runs. Um, and then she has her own plan that she wants to do and we never miss a day. I mean, when we first started doing our our training runs together we would wake up early 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 in the morning and i think every runner can relate with that where you got to go to work afterwards so you have to wake up at 5 30 to make sure that you're there at six so that you can do your full hour maybe hour and a half workout to be back to shower eat go to work yeah. and then you do the whole thing and then um so we're we're definitely part of the community that's out there with headlamps kind of deal
0: I've I've been recently doing that and I'm like, "Oh, I think I might need a headlamp."
1: <laughs> get a headlamp. Or you'll get yelled at by people walking without headlamps with their
0: dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the mornings have been just cool enough where I've been missing most of uh any of those yeah. people, but yeah, there's a few spots where I'm like, "Alright, there's no uh street lamps for a little while so I got to pay attention to what's in front of me the best I can
1: yeah. you <laughs> um, kind of play a game and hopefully you don't sprain
0: your ankle exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so I, I want to shift gears for a little bit I'll get back to the running but I'm I'm curious on when art kind of came into your life since I mean that seems to be kind of what you do
1: probably about the same time that running did they've always kind of coincided with one another they're both equal parts of who i guess i am as a person i'm a runner and i'm an artist so. um i think that started when i used to visit my aunt in her teaching building she was a title one teacher um and I think then that was kind of what, what special education was for kids who needed extra help if they were dyslexic right um but she had a building that was always full of pipe cleaners and pom-poms and stuff like that and i would leave my class at three thirty and go visit her because she would drive me back home and i would just make pipe cleaner creatures and stuff like that um and then from there i went to different materials like clay i would spend hours and hours and hours sculpting pokemon over and, over and over again and the clay that i used was a it's called polymer clay and i would stick those in the oven and bake them and i'd end up with these tiny little creatures that i would play with that i called my toys and get yelled at by my dad because i left the stove on <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of they've always kind of been together um and I would say that the art inspires my running and the running inspires my art. Some of my best ideas come from when I'm just on a run thinking about, like, what I can do next or uh, looking at nature and getting inspired that way.
0: That makes sense. I mean, there's so much time when you're running to kind of just think and let your mind wander. Um, there's so many things like pop up into my head and and you i mean even if i have like music or a podcast or something in like it doesn't hold my attention like something else catches it and just goes
1: yeah yeah definitely i'll see like a a branch and like oh, I'll make a nice antler for the thing that I'm working on and I'm like I'll harvest here and there so I'll be running and I'll pick up a stick that looks like a nice antler or <laughs> a thing that looks like it would make a nice ankle bone for the next thing that I'm gonna work on um, so I do take from nature too That's... as I'm out, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the I'll be the person that you see walking out of Hispanic cultural center with like piles of branches and <laughs> I'll be putting him in the back of my truck. So if you ever see that, that was me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny because it sounds so much like my little kids. That's so that's what they would they, they leave anywhere. We're, we're in the foothills. We're in the bosque. It doesn't matter. Like they have something. It's a rock. It's a leaf. It's a stick. It's a like, no, you just leave these. You're not going to do anything with it. But I have to. This is my favorite. I've never seen something like this. And you do your
1: laundry later and there's rocks inside the dryer.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'll let them know that this is indicative of a artistic career later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Encourage it. I mean, obviously, tell them to empty their pockets. before. Oh, they yeah. Put their
0: their <laughs> but I think I, it's, it's... I think you're right. I think, you know, that creative artistic stuff goes so much with with the running you know there's so many things out there and even just the conversations i'm I'm sure you and your friend are having out there like lead to Mm -hmm. you know so many you know other things as well i know whether i'm running by myself or i'm running with someone it always feels like i get i gain something out of it besides just the running
1: oh yeah there are many therapy sessions i mean you can you can talk They're, they're kind of like your your outside person that you get to talk to and gain perspective, and it's like, am I crazy? or should I have gotten mad at that person? or kind <laughs> <laughs> of like mini therapy sessions, and it's it's true. you always do end up feeling better. and it's not just the running, it's the company. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. So um with your art, did you did you go to UNM like was that kind of your focus? Like did you know you wanted to kind of go into art or were you looking at something else first?
1: Mm, I started off I started off with wanting to be a hygienist and then that turned into well, I don't really want to poke at people's teeth all day. <laughs> oh. And then I thought, well, I can do art, but, I mean, the the story usually goes that if you're going to go into art, you're wasting your money because you're not going to go anywhere with it. Um, So I said, well, I'll just do art education and I'll be a teacher. And then I realized that I'm not very good at teaching, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with the more reclusive, I'll just be an artist at home and hide in my office and make cool things. And then maybe people will like them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's I mean, it's what I was already doing. Um, I just... I got to do it with a lot of cool people now. And that was fun.
0: That's awesome. Um, obviously, I'm going to put a link to your Instagram on there. But when I was looking at it, I, I there's some cool pieces on there. Uh, oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I just everybody has you know their own unique styles and and this and that but I, I really enjoyed like looking through there like I was looking for running stuff and I saw this art stuff and I got drawn into it because it was just like I, oh, I yeah. thought it so cool
1: <laughs> well I used to put a lot of my running stuff on there and then when I got a little bit more serious about my art I thought, okay well this has to be more of a professional page and I share things here and there in my stories, like you might have seen. I mean, there was some Mountain Taylor mentions. Sometimes I'll like take pictures of my racing bibs and show what I'm up to, but yeah. it's primarily my art stuff.
0: Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, like I said, it's yeah. I I got drawn in either way. I, I definitely uh, fit what I like to <laughs> look at, you know. Like oh, it, good. It was cool.
1: I, I never quite know the responses I'm going to get. A lot of people think my stuff is creepy or weird, or you know, a little bit taken aback by it. But I mean, it, I don't mean it to be. It just just comes out that way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, you're running at 5:30 in the morning. I mean, what else is gonna? <laughs> oh. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make some weird, creepy monster that's gonna be hanging out in some of the trees. You know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But I, yeah, no, I th- I thought it was cool, but I did, I showed my wife and she was like, nope, I don't want to look at this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my older daughter was like, oh, th- those are cool. And, and she, she's, she's a little artist. She loves to draw and, and she does some, some clay stuff too as well. And a little bit of everything. And she was like, she was so enthralled with it all. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So it's it's just it's cool. But I mean again, I know it's all everybody's got their own styles and it's just um
1: Yeah, everybody's got their own taste in art and I mean when I do shows and stuff like that, I mean I get people who either really love it or they think that it's the weirdest thing that they've ever seen or they're like, Oh cute and then they'll just leave and but the people who are really engaged in it, I mean that's that's what I live for, you know. And if I can make somebody smile with my weirdness <laughs> i'm doing a good job
0: absolutely <laughs> so i'll jump back to running for a bit um you know you talked about after you you know training with those soccer girls and kind of and then getting one yeah. with your friend and she's like the brains <laughs> yeah. how did how did you end up start moving into you know into trails and i, I guess kind of following a little bit in your dad's footsteps?
1: Well, I guess as far as like me running from when I was really little, our backyard is all trails. I mean, my summers were spent running with my brother in the trails that my dad trained in. And um, with Puake, the area that it's in, it's the land that we got to run in was all just, trail, like little shrubs, um, juniper shrubs, rattlesnakes. Um, there's just like arroyos and just really beautiful landscapes. Um, and that's always kind of where I've found my place. I've never liked road running. I, I, I don't really like road races very much. Um, it's it's just not my thing. It's a lot of the, the same thing. Um, And i don't really want to see how fast i can go i want to see how far i can go that's more what i'm interested in i want to see how far i can take it but i think just from a very early age the trails have always been where i wanted to be and then for unm our training areas were in the bosque or we would go into the foothills and i think new mexico is neat in that way where we of always have a place to go and it's not paved roads and it's not um running on cement in a park or anything like that it's it's trails and you can go as far as your body can take you Um, i've always just loved that freedom that your legs can take you wherever you want to go the interest in longer distance um That didn't happen until my friend told me that she wanted to run a marathon. And I said, well, I won't do the marathon with you because I don't want to run the road. Um, But there was a race in Buena Vista. um, It's called the Collegiate Peaks. So there's a 25 mile race and then there's a 50 mile race. And I said, I'll do that one. And then you can do your marathon. And they kind of happen at the same time. And then it'll it'll be fun. We'll do it that way. And my dad had done it many times before. And he was going to do it with me that year. And we got ready. And we trained really hard. And I was probably in the best shape I had been um, since that point. Since I had left college. And get to Colorado. I'm super excited, super stoked. I, I go out really good and I get to, I think it's about mile 10 or so. And there were some people out in the trails that were sabotaging the course. So they were removing flagging. They were removing um, any type of indications of where to go. I think they were also like stomping out chalk. Wow. So I got lost. Um, and I was running with this person who I had no idea who she was at the time. Um, but I got lost with Courtney Walter.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we, we were running and she looks back at me and she says, have you run this before? I said, no, this is my first time. Said, Do you think we're going the right way? And I said, I'm not sure because we kept going up and up and up this Jeep path. And we kept going. She said, well, I guess we just keep going. And so I kept going with her. And this other guy comes hauling butt down the mountain. Like going super fast. You're going the wrong way. And we had already gone about three miles out
0: wow. from where we
1: were supposed to be. So we ended up doing a six-mile whatever that was that we ended up doing. So we turn around. We, we haul butt back down the mountain. We're, like, clocking, like, six-minute miles going down the <laughs> mountain trying to – find a way back to where we're supposed to be. And she takes off. And I'm running with her. And there's a guy that's saying, Hey, Courtney, is this a training run for you today? And she's like, well, it wasn't supposed to be. And I was like, Courtney, I'll remember that name. She, like a cool person. <laughs> and she takes off and she ends up finding her husband who was also doing the race. And I met back up with her and said, Oh, you found him. She said, yeah, but so by the end of the race, I had ended up doing 31 miles instead of the 21 miles. And then I realized, well, if I can do that, then I think I can just do an like actual 50K and just go that route. So I skipped the marathon completely and just went from that to ultras. <laughs> yeah. That is,
0: that is amazing. <laughs> yeah. And what? It wasn't until, uh, so, what's that? I was just going to say, what a person to get lost with. <laughs>
1: Oh, I know. It wasn't until I think it was like a month or so later when she ran, and when she ran, and um, I think it was the two hundred mile race she had done, but she ran it. She had won that race outright, and I was like, "I know that girl." <laughs> <laughs> I got lost. With her.
0: Wow! What an introduction.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool.
0: Uh, and and it's funny because. so many of the ultra runners i've talked about or talked to are like well if i can do this i can do this yeah like it seems like that's just kind of the progression like it's not that much further (laughs) so
1: this past race that i did for mount taylor i thought well if i can do 31 miles surely i can do 50 miles right so we'll see in the future that's That'll be the next thing that I'm working towards.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. So how, how was that Mount Taylor? This was your second win as a uh, in the female division, like not overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how was that?
1: It was good. Um, it always seems like for this race in particular, there's always something that happens to me that makes it less than ideal. <laughs> So the first time I ran it, I was at work and I ended up pulling something in my back and then had emergency chiropractic services. And like he was like, I don't know if I would run it if I were you, so, but I did it anyway. Um, and then the next year after that, I ran it and I had a pretty severe cold that got worse after I ran it. And that was the year I got second place. Wow. And then this year, the morning that I was supposed to drive to Grant's, um, I slept wrong and I pulled my sciatic in some sort of way, so <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to run it at all this year. Wow. Um, I I woke up that morning and I said, this really hurts. I went to work, I said, this really hurts. And then I, I went to go eat um, with my parents um, and... We were, my partner and I, we were getting stuff out of the car because they were, um, they were staying in a RV park with their trailer and we were going to have dinner with them and we were getting stuff out and trying to take it over to them so that we could start making the spaghetti. And I said, well, maybe I'll try jogging a few steps. And that was something else. It, It was, it was pretty bad. I knew that my sciatic was being pinched really bad somewhere and I did this whole, uh, I don't know, I I was panicking while we were eating, and then I said, okay, we better go, and I found my way to a Walgreens, and I was like, I got to get my hands on a baseball, so I can sit on the baseball and try and work it out, and found some CBD cream, couldn't find a baseball, so I found this, I don't know what the heck it was, those little LOL surprise. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I got one of those, and I was like, sitting on that thing, and Trying to rub that (laughs) out—it's just a whole ordeal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it it still hurt the morning of for the race. Um, It didn't relax uh, probably until the first sixteen miles was over, Um, and it finally loosened up. Yes, good times.
0: (laughs) You ran sixteen miles with that. Yeah.
1: 16 miles until it finally, I must've been just the jolting from running downhill that kind of set it straight. And it, it hurt really bad after I finished. So I did end up going to see my chiropractor and he was like, your hips are really crooked. Like, you don't say.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he straightened me out and I'm good to go now.
0: Oh, but... well, good. But wow. <laughs> That's, um, I, 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 it goes back again, I guess, to starting at five, year old, five years old and knowing that there's yeah. going to be tears involved and <laughs> pain.
1: And yeah, I, I just told my partner when my hip hurt, i was like, you know, in a way, all this stuff is kind of a good thing, because now I'm not thinking about the race, I'm just thinking about the pain in my hip, so that's <laughs> something to think about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, do you go into these long runs kind of thinking that you want to win? Or are you going into them like, I just want to see what I can do?
1: Um, I kind of just want to see what I can do. Um, I don't... They have the whole ultra sign-up thing where you have, like, your standing and, like, what your percentage is and all that stuff. And I don't really read into it. Like, I check to see who's going to be there. Um, but it's my dad who he calls me on the phone and he said, Guess who just entered? So and <laughs> like, Michelle Hummel and I said, Oh, okay. So he'll he'll give me like little spy information of what's going on with the race and what's gonna happen. Then he's the one who makes me nervous. I'm usually fine. It's <laughs> my dad that makes me nervous. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I I try and go into the race with Zero expectations because it's a long race and you never know what's going to happen. I kind of just focus on doing the things that I know that I need to do to make sure that my body feels okay and I'm fueling right and I'm hydrating correctly. But, I mean, really the results are from what I put into the training and I just have to trust that. Yeah. Um, If I do really well, awesome if I don't well it just wasn't my day but
0: what do you do for fuel
1: uh it just depends on what my stomach can handle um it it varies from race to race I remember my first mount taylor I thought that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were a godsend it was the best thing in the world so they had those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the aid station, and they mostly fueled on those. And um, water, I think they had it was probably tailwind at the time. Um, the next time I ran it, when I had my cold, my body was a no-go for peanut butter and jelly at all. <laughs> so it, it just really depends. This year, it was pickle juice, so you just never know what your body is going to accept and you just kind of have to listen to it. And man, pickle juices never tasted so good. <laughs> 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 um, but as far as, I mean, making sure that I'm, I'm taking in calories, I, I do the goose and stuff like that. I would like to make a change to have it be, uh, real food um thought about experimenting with honey or something like that it, it's still sugar but right um by the end of this race I think I was pretty over goo I don't <laughs> I was good um,
0: I've, I've heard that can happen
1: <laughs> yeah and it, it does help I mean taking in those calories is is what gets you through and um, making sure that you're taking it at the right time. I mean, I take mine every forty minutes, and it has to be every forty minutes. And I'll do two if it's going to be a long climb. But yeah, definitely fueling is key. And if that's what you have, that's what you have. It's it's a lot harder to carry burritos or whatever <laughs> in the pouch. So yeah. You know. <laughs> um,
0: you know, I looked at the the that Taos Ski Valley up and over. And that was only a 10k,
1: yeah. That was a 10k,
0: but the elevation climb on that was crazy. What was that? Because I think the winning time was, I mean, well over an hour.
1: Yeah, it's um, you're you're I think it's over 3,000 feet of elevation gain in three miles. Wow, so you're just it's straight up. I mean, that's there, I thought, oh, there'll be nice switchbacks, but it's not switchbacks. You're just going up. <laughs> um, that one, that one was pretty tough. And once you get to the top, you think that the way down is going to be nice and easy because now you just get to go downhill for three miles. But it's a straight drop when you go on the way down. It's a real doozy if you're not careful.
0: Oh, wow. um,
1: yeah, I mean, you watch guys go down it, and I said, I'm not going to do that because they they do like the. The crazy like arms and their arms are like going and yeah. when and they're going down. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to fall and I'm going to scrape my face. I'm just. <laughs> but wow. that one's that one's pretty rough.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing a lot of power hiking on the way up.
1: Not until probably the last the last mile. I had to power hike. Okay. I think that was probably the steepest portion of it. Was the last mile to the top you look at your watch and it's saying, oh, you're going 25 minute miles, 27 minute miles. And then it, it stops registering because you're going too slow for it to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I, I know what that's like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. I said, I did one, I, I did the endurance Santa Fe at the uh-huh. Santa Fe Ski Valley. And, um, I, I was part of a relay and I was the third leg climbing back up and it was my first real experience with it. And 13 miles, I can do that until mm-hmm. I'm, you know, most of the way up this climb and didn't bring enough water and didn't think about fueling and
1: <laughs> definitely
0: all the mistakes, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think mountain running is, just different takes a toll
0: yeah it is but like you said like going back to your story you know with with Courtney DeWalt like the people out there are just so nice
1: yeah
0: like it's completely different from not that people in road races aren't as aren't nice but they're not going to really stop in the middle of a race if you're if If
1: you're having problems yeah yeah I think my first experience with that was for my first ascent. I did the Pikes Peak ascent. Um, I can't remember what year it was. It had to have been maybe 15, 16. And I reached the tree line, and that's where there's no more oxygen, so there's no trees up top. And you just see like weird little creatures that happen to be able to withstand not having that much oxygen. And I was feeling pretty crummy and I didn't have any experience in fueling correctly and didn't really know that you would need anything to be able to make a climb like that. I mean, I had my small water bottle, but I, up to that point, I had never thought about eating during a race. And there was a guy who was with me and he said, like, you doing all right? And I said, yeah. I just, just feeling it pretty tired and he said well do you have anything and I said like what and he said like goo or any type of like candy or anything and I said honestly no and he handed me some of his goos and I mean you don't really see anything like that in any other sport like true sportsmanship to help somebody when they're having a rough time and I think that's another thing that draws me to the trail community is just the people people are great
0: yeah i i agree like everybody i've talked to that's in the trail community it's just so welcoming i guess is the best Mm -hmm. word i can i can put to it i definitely yeah yeah um i'm not ready to move in that direction yet but it makes me curious you know like like you talk about like man could i do this or the ones that really intrigue me are those like Twenty-four hour ones, or the like, oh, yeah. you know, a four-mile loop every hour. You know, like I can run four miles. I mean, why not? Yeah, I can run eight.
1: <laughs> just, just see how far you can go and how long
0: you can go for. Exactly.
1: I think that that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about that next step being being a fifty-miler. You know, do you do you have one in mind that you're kind of looking at or are you just kind of seeing how buildup goes and go from there?
1: Well, I think the problem with doing long races and then finishing and, like, you're done with them is, like, you have this momentary feeling in your head that you can do anything. Oh, my gosh, I'm ready. I can <laughs> do anything. and I can do that, I'm going to be up. And Adam, tomorrow I'm going to go on a long run. It's going to be great. And then, of course, your body tells you differently and it's ready to shut down. So I thought that I was going to be able to do – there's a race in New Mexico called Dead Man's Peak. Right. I think it's in Cuba. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about doing that one, and then I realized it's in November. Yeah. Which is the bottom of my (laughs) head. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I would like to – focus my efforts on that at least maybe not 2021 but 2022 we'll see how that
0: goes Nice. I, I hear it's a good one I've heard a lot of good things about it so.
1: I I mean I've I did a race a couple years ago called the Bosque Bigfoot and that one's the 50k that happens here and right. I heard about it through that um, I think one of the race directors likes to promote those races. So,
0: yeah.
1: Um, who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe one day. I tell myself I'm going to do it, but maybe I'll chicken
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just from just from this few uh, com- little conversation with you, it doesn't feel doesn't seem like you're the type of person to chicken out.
1: No, well, <laughs> I'm stubborn, but. <laughs> It's just a matter of when. I know when I set my mind on something that I wanna do something, I'm gonna find a way to do it. It's just a matter of when and how long it's gonna actually take me to prepare for it. Um, And of course, the the longer distances that you go, the, the training dynamic changes and the training days are a lot longer. And I think a lot of ultra runners will talk about um, time on feet runs and where you're running for like three four hours at a time right just to get that experience of what it feels like to be constantly moving without stopping for that period of time and i was looking at the times for the dead man's peak and it's like 11 hours and i said i don't think i've ever done anything where i'm active for that long i mean five hours is a long time and right i mean that's doubling it so I think just being able to mentally prepare that that's something that I'm going to have to do to make sure that I'm ready for it. Um, I just have to plan for it a little bit better.
0: Right. I think you're right. Like, I think there's a lot of people that do, you know, they have that feeling like you talked about, I can do anything and they sign up and then they just, well, they signed up. So I have to, but. Yeah. <laughs> I think, <laughs> well, I could do. That. Yeah. <laughs> But I think, but I think it's it's good to to kind of listen to what your body's telling you as well, and and listening yeah. like you don't want to rush into anything. Yeah. Either.
1: And after this race, you know, I had to take stock and figure out what was actually going on with my sciatic and make sure that was taken care of, and make sure that afterwards I'm getting the proper nutrition to heal, and you know, those those first few runs after something like that aren't. Aren't pretty. I mean, you're, you're kind of like lumbering around, and I think I, I tripped over like a root and almost I couldn't catch myself. My legs just didn't move fast enough to catch myself. <laughs> so it's like your body is definitely still tired. You may not think that it is, but it's it takes
0: a toll. Right. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a great spot to kind of wrap up on. I think sure. uh, this was a this was a lot of fun. I'm really enjoyed. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have one last question I ask everybody and that's just, you know, what are you listening to, to, to get you out for that 50 K or that stumbling run after, or to get you ready for, to make some art? (laughs) Um,
1: Music wise, house music, always. I need a good beat. Anything that matches my heart rate is what I'm about. Nice. Um, but if I really need the motivation to get out there, I usually listen to audiobooks about ultra running and you know, those moments where you get the chills and you listen to like how far they've gone and you're super excited. That always helps. So right now I'm listening to uh Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Okay and yeah. that one's that one's a good story. If anybody wants to check that out.
0: Yeah. His stuff is always so inspirational. Mm-hmm. He's been through a lot. Yeah, I've not I've been uh, read that one or listened to it. I have to check it out. You know, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. And hey, this was a lot of fun. And and hopefully, you know, after you do a fifty miler, I can have you back on and and see what oh, that absolutely. was about. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> give me a little bit of time, but yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> is there is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go?
1: Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I kind of yeah. laid it all out of the line I'm an open book, so, yeah.
0: I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time, and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts, or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at runningnewmexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime... Keep running, New Mexico.